Hello and welcome to our unique uh, podcast, The Bombay Film Story. My name is Mayank Shekhar and here we look at Bombay and films through the eyes of someone who is important to both. My special guest today is originally the dawn of Hyderabad. But when you think of Bombay and when you think of films, at least there's, there are three names that come to your mind for sure. And those three names are Ram, Gopal and Varma. In short, RGV, Ramu. Ramu, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Ramu. Yeah. I mean, you prefer to be called Ramu or is it Ramuji? Everyone calls you Ramuji, right? I like Ramu. It makes me feel young. Ramu, this is going to be so much about Bombay and so much about cinema. Uh, but when it comes to Bombay, and of course, to a lot of people, you are a Hyderabad guy. Uh, to a lot of people in Hyderabad, you're probably a Bombay guy. Right now, if I'm not mistaken, you moved bag and baggage to Goa. Uh, which which is your which of these three is your favorite city? Which one is the one that you identify with the most? I mean, to be frank, I'm not so much into places as such. You know, it, it uh, doesn't really make a difference to me. But uh, I would like to believe because Bombay is not about the place; it's about the uh, varieties of people. Probably uh, that is what I would like about Bombay. Not so much about the city in particular. You know. The kind of people I met in Bombay, they made a lot of difference to me in my life, you know, in terms of the extreme uh, the extremities in, in them, which you would not find neither in a place like Hyderabad nor Goa, actually. Yeah. So tell me about the first time you moved uh, to, uh, to Bombay, Ramu. I'm pretty sure that wasn't like a move that would be similar to, say, Satya's coming out of uh, VT station, because you were a pretty accomplished filmmaker by then in any case you'd made Shiva more to say like everyone pan India had seen Shiva by then what was your first impression of Bombay who were these first people that you may you met when you came here when I actually came to Bombay the first time visited the place was uh, around 86 or so when I used to run a, a video library at that time I haven't become a director yet and I used to come to Mumbai to buy video cassettes so I was like you know I used to come in a bus uh, to start with okay then then stay in a small hotel somewhere in town and then we should travel. So where, where, where were you picking up the tapes? From uh, Hirapanna? It was in Grand Road. Yeah, it, 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 there was some wholesale suppliers, you know. So, and then my first visit once, because I'm from out of town uh, guy, they used to take me to this uh, Fisherman's Wharf and uh, Caesar Palace, you know, these, these uh, pickup joints. So that was my first <laughs> ever uh, taste of Mumbai to, to say, you know. But I used to be making very short trips, like probably a day, half a day, not more than that in terms of that, not really seeing the place. The first time I really saw Mumbai was like when I came for Rangila, I shot Rangila in Mumbai. So it was at that time I first had a, I mean, my first sight of Tarawi happened uh, uh, when I was making Rangila, you know. I was fascinated, I just couldn't believe that such a place can exist anywhere. And it seems it like looks seamless. You know, it looks like there is no uh, difference between one whatever you can call shacks or whatever you call. And that kind of poverty is really struck me. And then uh, when I said like I go to the, these places, outside is very dirty, inside is very plush because of course the person I've only decorated the interior part. That contrast is what which really struck me. I've never seen something like that. In, for example, in Hyderabad. No? And then uh, at a in the in the period when we were shooting the thing, that is when actually, I mean, whether it's a Bollywood people or uh, uh, I mean, like like Sanjay Dutt or uh, all of them, I used to keep meeting Shekhar Kapoor and all that, you know. 
But even at that time, I would still say it is just little better than when I used to come for video cassettes. You know? First time it really hit me, Mumbai, is uh, when I was actually wanting to make an action film. And those days, a lot of these newspaper reports used to come of some gangsters being caught with black cloth on their, on their uh, uh, faces and uh, the police giving uh, uh, press conferences, you know, like uh, putting the weapons, uh, things, things like that. And one thing which really struck me was uh, uh, the fact they looked like normal people, the arms thin, even though I couldn't see the faces because of the black cloth. So they don't look like a typical cinema, how we filmmakers interpret how tough guys are going to look like in terms of their bodies or faces and all that. During the same time, in Rangila producer or other people I know, I started meeting some guys and at one particular meeting I was with, uh, with Jammu Suvan, okay, and there was a gentleman sitting there and we were all talking and after some time he left and asked him who is he and he said they are Chota Rajanga Shooter, you know. Now he said it so casually, <laughs> it took me some time to actually, did I hear that right? What, what, what did he say? Chota Rajanga Shooter? Because that guy looked more normal than anyone I know. Absolutely nothing about him. You will feel that uh, there is something dangerous or X or Y or Z. That's because at that time, they're almost like a part of life. You know, I, I don't really think it was uh, uh, the underworld as a word. It's not like what we perceive today, post-93 serial blasts and, uh, and all that, you know. And then almost they used to treat them with respect, treat them with, uh, and like any normal, absolutely no, no, no difference. But then what happened when Gulshan Kumar was uh, assassinated, at that time I was still, Satya was not really Satya in my mind at the time that happened, you know. Obviously I know him, I know, I met him quite a few times and I was quite shocked and uh, at the time Jam Sudan said uh, yeah, I was supposed to meet him at 9.30, he woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning and as he was talking, it suddenly struck me, we always hear about them, the gangsters, I mean, either when they kill or when they die in a police shootout. What do they do in between? So, so if Gulshan Kumar woke up at 7, what time did the killer wake up? Which means he must be having a house. If he has a house, he must be having a family. The guy who could be walking on the road could be a gangster, belong to D company, but I, I don't know uh, because they're not going to stick out uh, like a sore thumb is the point, you know. So that is when again shifted my attention to the people, okay. Then I also started meeting cops in the, in the same time because the encounter cops were there all over the place because of the high activity of uh, the underworld at that time. Okay. Now when I talk to them, I don't see a fundamental difference between the way they think or the so-called gangster things. And then I was starting getting fascinated. Really. Then I also understood the way Mumbai is, you know, whether it's the Dharavi or to thing, and there is so much of complex aspect to it, it is impossible for anyone to really put a structure to it. So the mindsets almost were reminiscent of how the city is. It almost looks like because they're born in a place like that, they become like that. You know, it, it is like that. You know, that's where I find a connection. And of course, we'll talk about uh, Satya in greater detail at some point in this conversation. The part I'm most interested in is you as a movie buff, Ramu. When you moved to Bombay, had you moved to Bombay when you were making Rangila? You had a home here? No. I used to treat it as an outdoor, and, uh, but I took a flat there and I used to stay there, but not like uh, uh, I've not moved and I've not moved out of Hyderabad. Yeah. But I used to stay for extended periods of time. 
So when you came to this city uh, with its thriving show business, you're a movie guy, you've watched everything that there is to watch that has come out of Bombay in many, many years. Say the first time that you meet uh, these movie stars or you meet the directors you've loved. What was that like? Do you have any memory of the first time somebody come, came up to you and said, hey man, my name is Sanjay Dutt and you're like, oh man, Sanjay Dutt knows me. D did you have that movie buff moment at all? Maybe with Mr. Bachchan. Uh, because he, I always thought of only Mr. Bachchan as a star. The reason being, I stood in line and bought tickets for him. So that is what for me is a, uh, the definition of stardom. Otherwise, I don't think I was really awed by anyone else uh, in the context of that. So, except for Mr. Bachchan and Sri Devi, I, I can't really uh, recall anyone that I was floored that I'm actually meeting this man. With the exception of also Mr. Adi Burma, because again, I was a huge uh, fan of his, yeah. I would say more or less. And then I first met Shekhar Kapoor in Boni Kapoor's office. I was also advising him because I was a really big fan of Masoom and uh, Mr. India. You know, it was Shekhar who introduced Sanjay Dutt to me in uh, Ajanta Theatre first time. Yeah. I mean, you and Mani Ratnam and Shekhar Kapoor eventually even started a company, right? Uh, I mean, that was what we'd read back in the day. Did you did you have ideas that did not work out? What happened there? See, those days, uh, I mean, this whole thing was just then coming, like UTV and uh, like we were hearing the words corporate here and there, like ABCL and all that. And it was Shekhar Kapoor's bright idea that we uh, all come together and uh, start the company between three of us. And we initially were very excited, but later on in the context of uh, we speaking, I only told both of them, see, we right now are friends, we don't need each other. We make... Uh, uh, our own kinds of films, what I like, money makes, what he likes and shape it is. The moment we three are together, I think there are going to be differences between us because uh, our taste like me just like that saying and you not agreeing is okay, but if you both have a combined interest in the same project, I think it's not going to work. Creative people together, I do not believe they can. So I was, and I said, I make five films in one year, Shekhar Kapoor makes one in ten years and money makes only three years. I think the even the output is going to create a problem, so I kind of put cold water on it. But since you already announced it, we thought we'd just go over Dilse. I mean, make it happen with Dilse and not uh, continue after that, which is what happened. And having said that, it was mostly neither a, a minor shaker's money was involved, nor the creative was involved. Basically, it's money, money's thing. It was just for namesake or names for that. Was Rangila, because it is the first film that you made in Bombay, in a sense, certain sense, a tribute to the city because, you know, it is about show business, it is about Bollywood and you would have been fascinated with the world except you were a complete outsider to it. Did you put in a lot of stuff that you saw right then into the film uh, in terms of when you were shooting it or when you were writing it? I don't think Bombay as a city was really uh, at the top of my head when I was doing Rangila. And Rangila kind of a story I would like to believe it could have worked anyway in terms of the context. Yes, the feminist background is there, but they're probably in Tollywood or Hollywood or whichever world, you know. So the city as such what did not play that much of an importance in my head where I was shoot, where I was placing the story compared to, let's say, Satya. But because you're in Bombay, let's say you met, say, Shah Rukh Khan in his house and you see him playing video game, would you incorporate that into Jackie Shroff's character in the movie? Like something, some things that you observe, would you put that? Was there anything that you saw that you put in the film? Not really. I mean, see, I, for me, the inspiration for Jackie's character was more, I mean, I was, uh, my fundamental inspiration for Rangila was the sound of music. 
and uh, I felt there's certain thing when actually when I first came to meet Jack, you know, Jackie has a very strange kind of a behavior. I mean, he sits in the darkness in his office, or he'll be uh, wearing a lungi and a, and a flashy jacket on top. So that eccentricity of Jackie in person is what I took it in the character also to an extent. But that's not really because, in fact, at Rangila time, I don't, uh, I haven't met Shahrukh at all. That time, I met him post Rangila. I mean, you were supposed to do a film with him at some point, right? Uh, what was that film about that did not get made? See, that film actually, I mean, it was uh, something related to a time machine. The story-wise, why it didn't happen is because when I when I was meeting him, now there are two kinds of actors like one, one like Shahrukh, like uh, uh, where you can design a, a kind of a cinematic aspect around an, around a particular actor. I think the height of that is Mr. Bachchan, which would is what I would think it suits me. You know, Shahrukh is a performer. I mean, to stifle him and to control him and to design him to do in a certain way, I don't think it suits his personality. I started realizing that when we were having uh, discussions on the script. I just felt finally I just have to put the camera and leave him alone to perform so there's nothing for me to do as a director. I didn't think I would be enjoying doing that in spite of his superstardom and second is I also felt it to do injustice to I mean not to put down the film or think that is it. I would uh, think uh, what Ashutosh made him did that's what is. Now Swadesh is a kind of film where I feel an actor with energy level of Shah Rukh Khan gets different and you can see that happening in the, in the film. I would have done a worse job than that if I made a film with Shah Rukh yeah. But was this time machine similar to the one that Shekhar Kapoor was making with Amir Khan? No, 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 no not at all. No. Ramu, I should also let the listeners know, and I don't know whether you remember yourself. I think my favorite and my fondest memory of hanging out with you uh, is actually in Varsova many, many years ago. Uh, we were getting a drink uh, at a bar in Varsova, and you know, we get done with the drinks, the bar is shutting down. You suggest let's have, get one for the road, and you say let's go to your office, which I found pretty odd because who goes to their office at 1.30 at night? And then we, of course, uh, reach our office at 1.30 or maybe 2 at the time, and your office is packed with aspirants. There are just people lined up on both sides. There are people sitting with box guitars. There's somebody else who's hoping to be, you know, you might just show up at night is probably the reason why the aspiring actor is, is sitting there. You may not show up, but it's still be sitting. You, you had a crazy life at that time when you were living in Bombay with all kinds of people surrounding you. I knew that one guy who used to stand in the divider uh, where you used to take a U-turn just in case you can spot him. Can you remember some crazy things that have happened to you uh, around that time when everyone wanted to be noticed by you? See, I think the difference between then and now, see, today because of the WhatsApp and the various ways one can reach, that all happens online now. At that time, there are two things. One is in factory, they were making multiple films, you know. At least four to five productions used to happen uh, parallel to each other and that explains why so many people were there uh, in the office at that time. And this particular place where we were having a drink, now that is a hub of all these so-called, uh, I mean, strugglers, you know. So obviously, if you're walking on the road, they're bound to see you, yeah. But were there crazy things that happened to you in terms of someone just showing up? Maybe, you know, I remember there's one story of Mahesh Bhatt where someone showed up in his office and set himself on fire or, or stuff like that. There can be a lot of Looney Tunes in that area too. Do you remember any stories of that nature? One thing which happened is uh, when I, I was inside the office and uh, 
one of my office people came to me very worriedly and he said, uh, there is this one actor who, who just want to meet you. And he happened to be standing just at Edith Lave from the office and he overheard those guys in a car talking and they're waiting for me to come out to shoot me. Okay, so he gave that information to my guy who came and told me, so they called the police. And by the time that car uh, apparently drove him. Okay, so they took this guy, whoever said that, and they uh, questioned him. And uh, after that, the inspector called me and said, Sir, he's just an aspiring actor and made up this story to come close to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is one. And second, I, had, uh, I, got, I got a message saying that I'm a, I'm a documentary filmmaker, I'm making a film on uh, six of the top filmmakers in the country and he took some very, very, very good names and added me also. And uh, so I, I said, okay, come, let's talk about it. And then he came. Uh, said, so what's it about, I asked him. So he kept looking here and there. He said, what's it about? He said, sorry, sir, I like sir. I'm an actor. No, <laughs> no one is telling me meet you, so I said, <laughs> You know, you know, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of these things happening. You're listening to give break to new directors, untested directors. I mean, Rajpal Yadav has been a lead actor in a Ram Gopal Verma film. I mean, that's as much aspiration as anyone uh, can have in that sense, which is a great film uh, in case our viewers, our listeners have not seen it. Uh, are there stories on the reverse where you randomly spotted someone on the street perhaps or given the job of filmmaking to someone who does something completely different because that's also a chance that pe that you've taken which is the reason why there's a crowd around you in the first place yeah yeah, yeah. yes yes for example uh, this guy vishram saban who did uh, d uh later d he has absolutely no connection to the film he's, a, he's an interior decorator but he has this uh, very weird kind of I mean, thought process in terms of like that and the way he does interior, it is something no one can expect. So I just felt, I mean, for me, because of my experience of so many years, I, I don't look at a director the way normally people think what a director does, you know, in terms of that. If there is a script, if there is uh, actors know the role, I believe that anyone can direct because direction is also about editing. What can be controlled in the edit? Uh, when no one can go beyond the script. I thought he might give it a visual thing which probably no one uh, will be able to think of, you know. So, in other words, is that. And second, I gave uh, Inuas, who was director Shun, he was, he was like my office boy. Literally, he's my office boy, you know. <laughs> and so, I, I just was, I mean, on one hand, you can call it arrogance. But I, I basically believe that when people choose a job, like a, the best editor, probably will be paid some 10 lakhs. The best director will get 10 crores. Okay. So why would the editor want to choose? I don't think I ever consciously would have thought that I don't have it in me to become a director, become an editor. At the time they make the decision, they just like that make it. I don't think it's more than that. Just in a, on the spur of the moment or whatever it is called. So I know of cases where so many people are there who become like production boys, who become big producers in X and Y, uh, including Ashok Mehta, the DOP. 
So on that kind of an impulse, I see an attitude in a, in a person and I kind of like it and that's how I made him. So likewise, uh, I would, uh, I, as an actor, a lot of people when I introduced, you know, I did not see what they did or what they didn't do. I picked up actors from restaurants, for example. Who did you see at the restaurant? Abhimanyu Singh. And I cast him in Rakta Charitra. <laughs> yeah. But he happened to be acting. I didn't know that he was an actor. But likewise, quite a few people like it. That's bizarre. But even in terms of the casting that you did, uh, where, and that's another reason uh, why that crowd in your office. Uh, and again, that's my theory that something happened late 90s. There were people who came from outside Bombay and they began to dominate Bollywood. And in a certain sense, the beginning or the starting point was Satya. If not just in terms of how great that film was, but also in terms of the number of young people who were attached to that film who went on to do greater things on their own. So for instance, you take someone like an Anurag Kashyap, the writer, or you take someone like a Vishal Bharadwaj, who was the music composer. Now you were making, for instance, let's take Vishal, you were making Satya after Rangila, you'd work with Rahman. Would you not want to do another soundtrack with Rahman? I mean, wouldn't that be the obvious thing for you to go for? There are two reasons. See, one is I'm a very impatient person. I, I just don't have patience. And you require a lot of patience to work with Rahman. You know, is, that is one, one reason. And second, at a point of time, Rahman, I feel it changed a lot. I'm not saying for the better or less, but change I'm talking about, you know. Because he used to have that very bad quality in him, in terms of the unexpected. I mean, it's very commercial, at the same time there's something. But I feel lately in the last few years has become very serious and, I mean, I, I don't know what word to use. So, in fact, uh, that kind of a music I cannot connect to on my sensibility. Yeah, that's one reason. And second reason, like I said, uh, the I don't have the patience with it because you need enormous amount of patience. I'll give, like, uh, I'll give an example. When I, when I was doing uh, Rangila for the composition of Hairama song, we uh, took him to Goa. So I was in one cottage, he was in another cottage. And uh, first day, after the first day is over, he said, I'm just working on it, give me another day. Second day was over. And then third day he said, uh, it is just there, I just am fine tuning it. And having this kind of one, two, three, four, the, the four days which he gave me for the composing, they got over. And en route to the airport, he said, Ramu, next time we go, please don't put me in any room where there's a TV. Because all four days I was only watching TV. He said, I want to kill him. I want to bloody throw him out of the car. You know, but that's Raman. You have, you have no choice but to take him. You know, if you, you know, probably at that point of time, I had that patience, but not anymore. Yeah. But you took him to Goa essentially to inspire him in terms of the location would give him? Those days, those days mostly, I mean, it was a kind of a tradition whenever you want composition, people used to go uh, to some other place like like for a story singing or for a music composing. That was quite a done thing at that time. Even they would prefer that to get away from wherever they are and probably finish this work. All the big composers used to do how did you and uh, Vishal Bharadwaj meet then for Satya? Vishal, I met him because I really loved that song uh, Chappa Chappa, you know, Machis. That, that's the first time I heard his music, or I think that's the first uh, music he has done. And I met him uh, during that time, I think at Subhash Gai's brother's place. I mean, I mean, he was doing music for him. And then uh, Jammu Sulan's brother also uh, knew him quite uh, well. But uh, mainly I took him for Satya because of Machi's music. 
but in terms of casting also i mean again it's also a seminal piece of work because people who were in that film uh, later on you know especially like 10 to 15 years later when cinema itself changed they became like you know great actors in their own right while they were probably had smaller parts in satya were, were these people that you'd noticed in bandit queen is, is that were, were they all an alumni of bandit queen or film that you'd love not all of them see manoj yes manoj i noticed him in bandit queen uh, i didn't notice saurabh in though he was there in bandit queen uh, he didn't make much of an impression saurabh i noticed him in israt ki sunai sudane chandran i saw him in a play a gujarati play some Neeraj Vora took me to see a play and uh, that's where I picked him up from. And uh, Aditya Shivastava also, I didn't really notice him in Bandit Queen but uh, later I was told that one of my students is there. So I think each each of them were here. Whereas Raj, that guy Guru Narayan, he was a producer actually. He, was, he has no acting uh, uh, experience before. And the one person who still frightens me from that film is the guy who says, Abhi drink banana sikha hoega. I don't know if you remember that guy with the you know, yellowish yeah. eyes. Who? Where did you pick him up from? Shiva. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that guy is an actor from South. He's a Telugu actor, actually. Yeah. So there, that kind of accent, you know, accent is very, very funny, funny. Yeah. And the other guy with the long hair, you know, the film opens with him shooting. He's actually a journalist. He's a reporter, and he used to work with Khalid Mohammed. And what? You just saw him, uh, like hanging yeah. with him. Yeah, I just thought I liked his screen presence. He had this long hair and that dark complexion. I just, uh, I, for that reason, I cast him. He's not an actor. In, yeah, I don't think he's acted in films thereafter either. That's right. In terms of characters, of course, and you've said this before, that each and every character in Satya was modeled on some gangster I had met or some gangster I'd heard of, or sometimes on people I knew, not necessarily from the underworld. All in all, every character in Satya had a reference point. Now, there is one character, or at least the main character, that's Bhikkhu Matre, and asked Sanjay Dutt about it once, whether there was somebody like Bhikkhu Matre who was a prison inmate, uh, someone he'd shared uh, time with in jail. Uh, and, and he said that he told you about him. Uh, do you remember this uh, story, Ramu? Because I spoke to Sanjay quite a lot about various uh, characters from the underworld, but this particular character, I got inspired from this guy called Ajit Divani who was killed much later. He used to be secretary to Aftab and Manisha Kudala and uh, actually started his career with uh, Mandakini's uh, secretary, which, which is when he got to know many of uh, the underworld guys. He told me of a guy uh, who was a gangster who was killed by the, by, by the police and his brother was also a gangster. So he said when he went to see him and the brother was uh, Giving galleys to the Mahamata Chutkupura Bhagavan. So he was just continuously cursing the dead body. Yeah? And that created a kind of a strange feeling in me that to see a man giving galleys to a dead body, you know, that's what I thought a gangster would do. Yeah, out of his ego, he can't believe that he couldn't save his brother. And it's the grief is coming out like anger. For me, that actually was the fundamental soul of Vikramadri. Then he, the same Ajit Divani told me, they, they once he was going with the Tiger Memon and all these guys and the Tiger Memon wanted to have some one of these cockroaches, I don't know, whatever they make in the, uh, in the thing and that place was closed. So at one point they got him to open it and make those things uh, for them. Now that is very funny and very like you know, very buddy kind of a scene uh, with the exception of the gun point. 
So I, I wanted to have a mix of this and that. That is how the Bhikkhu Madhuri was designed. Did Sajjadat not tell you about someone who he shared space with in jail? Like, did he tell you some stories? I mean, he told me quite a few stories. And actually, the point is not like it's a very rare thing like that to happen because cancers are eventually human beings. And uh, human with a lot of people will be uh, similar. But my vivid memory of Bhikkhu Madhuri is only Ajitima. I should also let the listeners know that I was reading a passage actually from uh, Ramu's book that's called Guns and Thighs. Does not surprise me at all. That's the name of the title of your book, you know. And uh, besides a few gangsters, it's dedicated to Ayn Rand, Urmila Matonkar, Bruce Lee, Amitabh Bachchan, Mad Magazine, and porn star Tori Black. Why have you dedicated your memoir, your autobiography, to a porn star, Ramu? Yeah, I see. Everyone who made some kind of an impact on me or gave me some kind of happiness or uh, uh, made a certain impression on my thinking, I think all those names were there and I can't uh, ignore her because she gave me a lot of happiness to be there. Yeah. In fact, I also put out the friend's name and the publishers uh, took it out. So that's, that's among the few gangsters. I owe my living to Daoud Ibrahim because I, without him, there's no D company. Without D company, there's no gangster films I could have made, yeah. But are you telling me that if there was no D company, you would not be inspired to make gangster films? I mean, you would, right? You could have set it elsewhere. You could have... I don't think so. Because see, the, the uniqueness of D company, see, why is it called a company, first of all? You know, it is, it is like... There were street gangs, there were always street gangs, the Patan gangs of Alamzeb and the, those guys and early, early times Haji Mastan, Vardabai. Now Daud Ibrahim got in a certain structure to it, certain uh, way of functioning and which is the reason people start calling it company. The company as a word never existed before Daud Ibrahim came. So I did so much of research on that uh, in, the, in the course of all these years. So I think my understanding of Underworld is because of B company. It wouldn't have come from Arun Gaudi, for example. It wouldn't have come from Amarnayak. There is something very specifically designed aspect of uh, Daud Ibrahim's company. There. Did you ever get a call from Daud? <sighs> you are getting, going to get me arrested now. <laughs> to be very honest, only once I spoke to him for a very brief time, but I can't tell for sure because the man who was talking to me said Daud uh, by Sivadkar. So I have no way of knowing whether that is Daud or they were pulling a fast one on me. And the conversation was very, very normal in terms of Kaysen Haapan on this. There's nothing more than that. It's hardly happened for some 20, 20 seconds, I think. But like I said, I want to reiterate once again, I don't, I, I can't be knowing because first of all, he's such a significant guy. I wouldn't believe that uh, he just like that talks to you. It's you've made a, almost like at least the underworld cinema genre career out of a man who obviously has also benefited hugely because he's remained in public imagination all these years largely because of films. It's not like he actually goes out and does press conferences. It's not like he actually goes out and does anything that you want to even know about. Uh, you're actually his press agent in almost in certain way, right? He owes, he owes it to you, doesn't he? Like have other people reached out to you, people from around him or have cops reached out to you telling you that, you know what, this is what he said. It's like the uh, the seed first of the tree first theory. You know, because the entire media is so obsessed with him, is why I started researching him. It's actually, I don't think it's the other way around. If, if you look at it, the number of times he appeared on Discover page or 
or whatever, every once in a while they keep on telling some news without the brand coming. There are two main reasons for that. One is the mystery, because it doesn't talk, no picture of his came in the, out in the last 30 years, you know. And technically, he has not done a single crime post-1986. Period. A lot of people don't realize it. it is, his, his actual crime period was very short. You know? But D company is different. First of all, D company is not a registered company. You know, it, it, it is just a name which is given by the media because of the uniqueness of his operation. So under D company's name, there were a lot of people. Like if you look at the extreme criminal activity which happened between 1997 and 2004, post-Gulshan killing and the split between Dawud Ibrahim and Chota Rajan, all that area, Daud Ibrahim was not there. There's not a single case which was registered on him or it was told on him. It was all associates of him at some point, like Chota Shakil or Abu Salam, all these guys, you know. So in that context, what I'm trying to say, D company is very different from Daud Ibrahim. Only because he started the founder member, you know, but it is not underworld story of Mumbai, not, nothing with Daud Ibrahim. And you also said uh, at some point in your book, that you've always wanted to be a gangster. It's something that you want to be, except that you're, you know, you're mentally probably one, but physically it's, it's going to be very hard for you to. Is that true or is that one of those things that you say, Ramu? A lot of people say, Jedi used to tell me, company, if you didn't become a director, you would have become a gangster for sure. I said no, because see, I am, I am like a naturalist. I love to study wild animals. Wanting to study a king cobra or a tiger doesn't make you the animal. So there is a fundamental difference there. And I don't think I have the mental aptitude or the emotional uh, concentration to become a gangster. The gangsters are very, very emotional people, unlike what people think. They're not cold-blooded or uh, like the way we imagine. I said, I won't be able to become a gangster, but I can be a very big, good consultant. If anyone <laughs> wants to start a new gang, I can take my fee and not do any crime. So that essentially makes you Satya, right? In a real sense, a person who is advising the main guy how you love creating conflict in your work environment and that you play off politics and that's not very different from what happens in an office is not very different from what happens in the underworld. Take us through exactly what games you play, Ramu. Whenever you look at a person makes an impression on you, if uh, you ask me to name three or four people, one is Michael Corleone uh, in Godfather. And second guy is Howard Rock in Fountainhead. And Amitabh Bachchan is a 70s angry young man films, like, uh, like a Divar or a Shakti, you know. Like, likewise, there were four or five people who always became a benchmark for me. I had a Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon, for example. Okay. I am sure some of those traits rubbed off on me because whoever makes an impression on you, subconsciously you start following uh, that kind of a behavior or that kind of a thought process, especially in your growing years, you, you tend to get influenced by that. So my very first thought of Satya's character of Chakravarti was to put Howard Rock in the underworld, where he talks reason, like Pico Matri is a very emotional guy, Chakravarti is very uh, like cold-blooded and he only talks reason and logic, till the point of time he falls in love with Omila. And the moment he gets into emotion, he gets finished. No? I always felt that even about Daud Ibrahim. Daud Ibrahim, I almost think, is like a Howard Rock in the gangster world. And so, I, I definitely that is true, that one part. Then, the politics happening, politics I think more or less everywhere they are the same, whether it's in our office or 
whether it is in the government or in the police or in some business uh, like legitimate business uh, rivalry i don't think human beings are same and human beings by definition are prone to conflict so there won't be that much of a difference uh, in the underworld in a normal company you'll be fired from the job and there they'll be literally fired you're listening to bombay film story with mayank shekhar what i was getting at is you playing the games you enjoying the process of pitting one guy against another yes, yes, and to yes, see yes. how that plans are almost yes, like a big boss i do that because i am a very emotionless person and i like to play almost like you're watching a, like a national geographic uh, uh, cameraman you're just what like in the drama which is being played by this different wild piece and i, I definitely used to be very amused uh, doing that yeah so are you telling me you'll say something to someone and then say something to someone else and see how that pans out because it's almost like you are the puppeteer and and watching these people and their politics play out and seeking some pleasure out of it like a big boss guy not in context of where they will get hurt or where they will get uh, lose something in fact i used to tell them immediately after i do that like it was me who actually played, played that up yeah so it's above a prank and less than something that would hurt yes <laughs> yeah correct <laughs> Coming back to Bombay Ramu uh, uh defining films uh one that looks at showbiz that's Rangila another that looks at crime that's Satya another that looks at international crime that would be company in fact it's more outside bombay as much as it is inside bombay and of course sarkar that looks at politics but if i were to pick the one bombay film uh from the lot that you've done ironically it would be bhoot for me and that's because that's the life everyone lives they actually live inside apartments they're not always in dharavi and they live in very close spaces and that can freak you out if there is a ghost i want the listeners to know this story uh, and i don't know ramu if you remember this but i actually went to that building where you shot bhoot okay and uh, i was waiting so we were going to do a story on that building uh, at the on the floor that you had shot it but you know i was waiting for the cameraman the, the photographer to show up the lift door opened and there was a guy like a nepali uh, uh, person who was the lift man and i, I said you know i'm not going to use it right now because i'm just i had pressed the button where my friend is coming and then i'll i'll go up and right when my uh, cameraman showed up the photographer showed up there's another lift that opened and it was the same guy in the other lift exactly 5 seconds later i know this cannot be true but it was true because you know it is it was happening in that building then we go up and in that the room the, the flat number that you had shot actually somebody had died somebody had committed suicide from that same flat i mean these things cannot be planned firstly are you are you somebody who believes in ghosts and if you're emotionless i would like to believe that you don't because emotionless is emotionless but first of all see that's untrue about someone committing suicide from the same flat that that didn't happen no the not the same flat where you shot the number in that building Uh, somebody had committed suicide and just to let everybody know uh, the two lift men were actually uh, twins and they had you know they used to operate from the same building how, yeah how did you come about uh, with bhoot ramo see i actually want to make a horror film and uh, i sent a team like a like a dopian one of my assistants to get some pictures of a place somewhere near dehradun like a haunted house on a hill or something when they got the pictures back i was looking at them and i said that i mean they're nice but they just seem too predictable i've seen so many films with this kind of imagery like fog in the foreground and there's one creepy looking house in the background that's coming from wo county times you know i'm not very really sure 
this equation is correct. Then one guy suggested that, so so what if you do it in Goa, in a beach, because you don't see oceans in a horror film. It's always about darkness and forts and all that. I said I like that because it's unexpected. So as long as we do complete unexpected, then let's go even further and shoot in Bombay City in an apartment. So that is the last thing people will expect, where they will feel safe. No one in the theater, they go to a haunted hill all the time or somewhere else, some deserted place. What if it happens in the middle of people where people live, you know? So that is what actually the first thought of uh, doing it. And once we shot it, till today, that flat is not sold. No one wants to buy that flat. So I just made the property value zero by making that film. Also, it might well be the first Indian uh, horror film with a proper lead, uh, lead, leading man who is a star at the time. I don't think anyone used to spend on casting more well-known actors for horror films because I guess our first association with horror movies would be uh, Ramsey Brothers and you know they had their own cast and you know all those same guys that appeared. Was that a conscious call Ramu that you or you just had these? Very initially when uh, because I, I mean I, I became very close to Ajay when we made company you know. So in the context of that when I, when I actually my uh, initially approached Abhishek for this role you know. Abhishek had some date issues and he was also not very sure about uh, uh, this is the kind of film he wants to do at that stage and all that. When I spoke to Ajay, Ajay, Ajay said one thing for me as a director to see fear in the eyes of an action hero is a, is a big thing because that is going to really scare the audience. Ajay, they know what that like, that is looking at it one point. On the other side, it, they might get turned off. How can Ajay, they may be scared. And I thought he will be not very comfortable in showing extreme fear, considering his image as an action hero and he's the guy who will come and solve things and he can't be scared of some uh, ghost. But uh, Ajay was very, very much up to it. He said, I'm going to just forget that and I, I want to do it with complete conviction and do it. So that's what that yeah, casting was, you know. Then of course all the other actors to like uh, Rekaji and uh, yeah. Again, back to your book, actually, one of the things that struck me about your book, uh, of course, it's very well written in terms of it's very conversational. It almost feels like I'm talking to you when I'm reading the book. And that's a, a lovely way uh, to actually read someone's story. But, you know, when it comes to films, you go back quite often to Ram Gopal Verma Ki Aag. You, there's a lot of reference to that film, almost as if that's the only film that you made that either you did not like or people did not like. Why the obsession with Ram Gopal Verma Ki Aag? I mean, what is so bad about that film? I'm sure you made... It's because of Shole, not because of anything else. You know, because I revere Shole so much in my entire life. I probably would put it again at the top of all the films I've seen. I know your views on it. I read your review uh, <laughs> when the new release in recent times. So I think taking something I revere so much and could do... Uh, a job like that, I think it just weighs on me. That doesn't mean that I regret it. I don't know. I don't mean that. But it weighs on my, on my head, you know. And also for me, there's like one of the greatest uh, experiences I had in terms of I understood how films get made or unmade or why they would turn out to be what they are from the, from the inception of the film. In the process, the loss in translation, and for what reasons it can happen, it's been a great uh, uh, experience for me to understand that. That again is benchmarking me to show it. 
So there is Shole. That's a huge benchmark for you. The other benchmark uh, for you has been The Godfather. Uh, and as you mentioned in the book, uh, much more the book than the film. Uh, you based Sarkar far more on Puzo's book, the novel, rather than Coppola's film and, and its trilogy. But you also, again, completely based it on Bombay. Uh, do you think you would have made Sarkar if there was no Bal Thakre? No. Because, see, for me, uh, like, like you mentioned, the book and the film, there was a difference. I found the book far more intense and far more uh, arresting compared to the film. Whereas I felt the book had a strong resonance with Balasar Thakre from whatever I heard of him, inside stories and the way he came up and the way he deals with the people and all that. And I never thought of Godfather as a gangster film. I never thought of it as a uh, like a gangster at that point of time was to do with smuggling or whatever various businesses under uh, do. In fact, if you look at Godfather, they're not a single time they showed what he does actually, what the, what the gangsters do. You know, not a single scene is there, you know. Whereas I thought a person who's working outside the establishment, who's outside the stuff, but he seems to be in control of this. And that's about power. That's about political power. That's about power which is coming from the people's love or respect for him. There I found a parallel with Balasar Thakur and Godfather, you know. So then I thought my idea of the book, I tried to catch that pitch and put Amitabh Bachchan in Balasar Thakur's place. Balasar Thakur kind of a person, I could never find a parallel to that in South India. In small pockets they might exist, in one village here, in some place there, but uh, an, an entire city as large as Mumbai, uh, Mumbai could be controlled by just one man. That, that I don't think it ever happened there. But were you apprehensive at the time that you were conceptualizing the film, given the power that Bal Thakre had in Bombay, the sort of power he commanded? Uh, what can you get away with? Could If you piss him off, there is just no question of you living in the vicinity of Maharashtra in a certain way. There are two points here. One, one is uh, the man who is playing is Amitabh and Balsar Thakre is known as a hero, especially in 2005 when it has come. People were almost like scared to say anything about Balasar Thakre. And nobody will think putting Amitabh Bachchan in the lead role and I will show Balasar Thakre in the negative way. I don't think anyone would have believed that also. You know? So I never thought that can be a problem. In fact, uh, unlike a lot of media reported that uh, Balasar demanded uh, that he be shown the film how he's being portrayed, that's not true. I myself I went along with uh, Raj Thakre and, uh, and invited him to see the film three, four days before the release. And he came out and he hugged me and got into the car. And that was like an endorsement. Then after that, he actually started growing a beard like Amitabh Bachchan. <laughs> so that's also the point. Say, right now I'm making a film on Dawood Ibrahim. A lot of people say, how can you straight call him Dawood Ibrahim? See, Underworld is a business organization. They're, they're not a terror organization where there is a certain ideology or something to gain or whatever. And in which way the media or the people think of them as gangsters. And when they see a second company, they know that I show them as people. I'm not taking judgment, I'm not taking sides or I'm not being judgmental about who's what. I'm telling the story of what happened in between them as people and they would love it. They'd be the first guys to love it. But what if you show a crime that is that you know that they've not been convicted of? And you're showing them, and in that sense, it's uh, almost a, a, a confirmation of a crime involving anyone if you're calling them by their name. 
Is that could that be an issue? See, there are two things there. But someone who's absconding from the law, somebody who's been convicted, they cannot have that right because they can't take the help of the same legal system and they themselves are not uh, abiding by it. Second point is I'm also basing it on a lot of information which is out there in the public domain. Who will want to move against it? They have no reason to move against it. So uh, these are the three factors which uh, I don't believe they are Most of the times when filmmakers say that I got a call from there, iska naam change karo, iska naam change karo, this will be mostly people who just make a prank call from a different SIM card. The actual big guys, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't care. You think they're going to be happy about it? The fact that they are anyway out there in yet another domain? Every human being will be happy when someone is making a film. <laughs> Without exception, yeah. Ravu, there is a film that's going to be on you, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I heard right, and it will be on Ram Gopal Varma, uh, the person, the filmmaker, I'm presuming there'll be elements of that. If you had to pick that one great story to tell in that film, what would be your favorite Bombay story and your favorite film-related story involving people that you would want to see on screen? I would like to believe the time period uh, when I was making Satya behind the scene, not, not about the making of the film, but what I went through. There were so many aspects of uh, my life which are happening parallelly in the making of Satya. My personal life, my professional life, and the kind of people I met, both in the underworld and in the gangsters, of course, the producers and all the big shots who were. So I think uh, that journey for me between 95 19. Those three years, I think, is one of the most, uh, I mean, memorable experience of mine. I would like to make something like that. When you look back uh, at your career, uh, especially when it comes to cinema and, and the city, uh, do you have any regrets, Ramu? Is there something that you would have, I don't mean regrets in a way of uh, feeling bad about it, but something that you would have changed, done differently in terms of films, in terms of being here, in terms of the stuff that you did or would, or would want to do differently now? I would like to believe I don't regret the film, but I regret uh, what I made the actors go through in the making of art. Because they all had to suffer my love <laughs> with me, you know. Like, uh, in fact, many times I apologize publicly on that, you know. So I would like to believe that when you are a part of something, I mean, any filmmaker, when actors or crew members trust you, that you know what you are doing about. I felt that I let them down. I'm okay with people saying anything about me or the film, you know. With the exception of that, I can't really believe, I uh, can't recall anything where I really regret something I've done. Ram Gopal Varma, always a pleasure chatting with you. I really hope to have you actually again back on this show. There's just too many other things that we could talk about. This was only about cinema. Thank you so much, Ramu, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.